Welcome everyone to another episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'm your host, Sean Hall, Director of Programming with the Veterans Breakfast Club. We're a nonprofit in Western PA whose mission is to create communities of listening around veterans and their stories to connect, educate, heal, and inspire. And one festival that you may not know about is the GI Film Festival San Diego. It happened at the end of May. Uh, we were able to have two representatives come on from the festival, Jeannie Scott, who is an Army veteran and also a producer of one of the films that was in the festival, and Marine Corps veteran and member of the Advisory Select Committee Keisha Javis-Jones. They both joined us from San Diego to talk about the festival, how long it's been around, the films that are a part of it, the types of films that you're going to see, and all of the activities, including the parties, that the festival holds. Uh, I had a great conversation with them. I hope that you enjoy it. This episode of The Scuttlebutt also sort of comes on the tail end of the Top Gun Maverick release. We get a little bit into that because Top Gun Maverick was a huge film that was released all nationwide. It's probably the only thing that myself, like as a civilian, would know about, you know, military. Like, oh, Top Gun. Yeah, that's a military film. But not many people know about the GI Film Festival. So I encourage you to look in the description, click on the link for their festival, check out all of the films that they had going on. They are there every year in San Diego, and they have a a version of it in New York, uh, to check out what films are being made for, by, and about veterans. Um, So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Keisha, thank you so much for joining the Scuttlebutt. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Thank you, Sean, for having me here. Uh, My name is Keisha Javis-Jones. I am currently an advisory committee member with the GI Film Festival. In my full-time role, I am the director of operations at a nonprofit called Workshops for Warriors. Um, A little bit about me, I'm a 10-year combat veteran of the United States Marine Corps. And ever since I left the service, I pretty much have been supporting veteran service organizations um, in the San Diego area. Awesome. Thank you. And Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us on the Scuttlebutt as well. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. um, I am Jeannie Scott. I'm a producer with American Dream Cinema. Um, We've had our company for 30 years. So we've done a lot of shorts and things like that. I'm a veteran of the U.S. Army. And uh, one of my proudest things, and um, I was going to say real quick, uh, you know, I really wanted a green list, but they were interested. Hmm. So... (laughs) So I got out and started doing films. Not a problem. I mean, what better way to get out to make films afterwards? I I would love doing that personally. Um, But uh, diving into the GI Film Festival, I'm so happy that I came across information about this festival, though it's on the other side of the country from us. Um, But I'd love to hear some history about the film festival for our audience. Yeah, the GI Film Festival here in San Diego has been around since 2015. Um, It really is a platform for veterans of all different military services to share their stories uh, through film. Uh, And it's showcased on a big screen here. And ever since the pandemic, uh, we have also gone to a virtual platform. So it doesn't matter where you are, um, you can take part in the film festival. That's excellent. Uh, And and it only happens once a year. Is this an annual annual, uh, festival? It is an annual, um, and ever since 2015, we've shown about 210 films overall. This year, it'll be 26 films showing, and it's an array of shorts, biographies, autobiographies, um, and it goes from World War II all the way to current day, um, uh, different things that happen within the service. And this is, and all films are for, by, and about veterans. That is correct. Oh, that's excellent. Is this the only one of its kind, this type of festival? No, so there is a GI Film Festival um, in New York. However, Mm -hmm. uh, the one here in San Diego, um, 
is definitely, you know, touched a lot of individuals and those that are on the advisory committee member, those that are advisory committee members are actually connected within the Southern California community through other veteran service organizations. And many of those are larger organizations uh, like 0800 um, that service the nation. There's a lot of bases down there in San Diego. So it's probably a perfect place for this film festival to take place, right? Yeah, there's over a million, uh, both veteran and active duty through all branches of the service here in San Diego. We have about seven military bases uh, within the area. And so we encourage you know everyone to get involved because it is a great way to close the divide between um, military service and the civilian world. Jeannie, can you talk to us about how you became involved with the film festival? Well, you know, my husband and I have been doing short films for a long time, and we've gone to a lot of festivals around the country. And uh, the GI Film Festival, well, you know, is presented by KPBS for one thing. And uh, we were uh, have been doing some work off and on here and there for KPBS. Um, and so then we found out about the GI Film Festival. And this one, I remember more films from the GI Film Festival than I do of any of the other festivals we went to. I mean, you go to the festival and it comes and goes, but the GI Film Festival has ones that just grab you, you know? And I, I really, it's a really good festival, my favorite. I was gonna say that because, you know, with v, with VBC, um, you know, a lot of what we do is storytelling and storytelling through an in-person medium. and different episodes of the scuttlebutt we've talked about veterans who've come out of service and go into acting or become uh you know painters or sculptors what is it about filmmaking that creates such a different um exciting media medium for for people to be able to express themselves and tell their story well it's interesting because i was thinking today um you know uh active duty people don't really have the time you know, spare time to do the films. Mm -hmm. So, um, but veterans, you know, we still are really in touch and remember a lot about our service and it was very, very impactful to us. So it's so nice to be able to uh, share that story because honestly, uh, I don't know who wants to listen to it. Your family already knows, you know, your friends already know. So it's so great to be able to get your message out to the world. Keisha, do you film the same way, like being able to sort of tell your story, if there was a way to do that through film, that might be the medium you would choose? Yes, I will say I served uh, 10 years in the Marine Corps overall. And if you called my mother up right now and asked her about my service, um, other than telling you where I was stationed, there's not much that she could add. Uh, so film is really a, a, bit a safe space. Um, you know, those that take the time to hear these stories and put things together for us to share, you know, the exact experiences. And it might just be that one small instance that happened within that 10 year period, but it can make a difference for someone to hear that um, and put into perspective what it's like to really be in uniform. May I ask you, Keisha, why your mom may not may not know maybe more of the breadth of the stories that you have? Yeah, so while you're in uniform, I will say there's a type of camaraderie that you have with everyone that's to the left and the right of you, and they understand everything that you're going through. And the best part about that is that's your family, and that's who you share those stories with. Um, so really, a lot of things that we go through day to day, we don't share outside. Um, and GI Film Festival, the filmmakers and the directors this, they're the ones that are doing that for us. They're the one that's making that connection for not only the community, but also our families. Very much have a passion for veteran, veteran stories and veteran storytelling. 
Do you find that uh, a lot of civilians uh, come to the festival to be able to take in these stories? And what are their reactions? Yes, for sure. I will say there's a, lar a large um, group of civilians that come in and watch this festival. And mainly it's because they want to hear firsthand what it's like. Uh, some of these big featured films that we see do not depict our, our day to day. Um, and this gives them a chance and a space to also ask questions. Uh, the one thing that's really unique about the DI Film Festival is that the producers and directors are, hold a panel after every showing. Mm -hmm. And so the audience is able to ask you know, those questions, uh, whether it be how they found the history or did they connect with any of the friends of those service members and what that was like and what that experience was like. And it really helps uh, connect even more, you know, how, how everyone's really dedicated, you know, to our military service and how everyone really wants to understand it and share more in order to support it better. How did you become a part of the, the advisory committee? Yeah, so I actually, since I work with a number of nonprofits here in Southern California, I was introduced to the GI Film Festival and I got extremely excited. Uh, we have a number of different committees and one of the committees is outreach and letting you know the community and veterans and active duty know about the festival. And I felt that that's one of the things that I'm very passionate about and can make the most difference. Jeannie, you're the producer of one of the films that it's being presented this year, though you've uh, you've actually had different films in, across the, the years of the GI Film Festival. Um, can you talk a bit about the film that you have this year? Now, the film uh, that we have this year, I have a little thing right here if I can just show it, My Happy Place. Um, you know, our films uh, are made by the veterans. They're not, this is not a, a story per se about uh, military, but you know, um, we feel that there's, you know, you have a life as well. So uh, it's a, a little bit of relief. Uh, it's not, you know, really drama or anything like that. Um, and we really feel that it's a good story. We hired a um, composer this time to do the latest soundtrack. Normally we'll take it from a library, but, um, and so we had a special song wrote, written for it and everything. So we really stepped this one up and uh, I'm really proud of this one over all the ones. Can you give us a, you know, without doing spoilers, can you give us sort of a, what's, what is the storyline? Yeah, so um, the story is about, um, uh, it's taken place in the sixties and we got a lot of uh, found footage, which uh, we were able to, project on the wall, we recorded it, made it into digital, and then we started coming up with ideas. And so um, the crux of the story, maybe not for everyone, but for myself, is that, uh, you know, we finally, I go with, the girl goes, <laughs> I go, the girl goes with her father on a road trip because her parents got divorced, and then she ends up in Disneyland. And uh, that's like, um, you know, there's, there's just something about forgiveness and learning and accepting. And, and we were hoping to project that to people might, might appreciate that. Can I say one little thing here? One thing about the GI Film Festival is you feel so appreciated. And back in the 70s, when I was in the military, we weren't appreciated. And that's why my feelings were hurt when I didn't re-enlist because we were impacted in females, we were impacted in my MOS. And so I was a really good soldier and I, my feelings were very hurt. So uh, anyway, so that's what I wanted to say that so you guys didn't think I was, a, you know, <laughs> like an undesirable individual. So, uh, but this, this makes you feel appreciated. It makes you feel appreciated as a filmmaker, as a veteran, and as just a person, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling. 
Jeannie, you're certainly a trailblazer. We've talked with, with many women who served uh, here at the BBC over the course of, you know, even the last, I'd say, uh, 80 years. We have a 101-year-old who served as a Navy Wave who joins us regularly, um, who helped to decode Enigma. Um, but uh, we talk about sort of breaking ceilings and being a trailblazer, and, uh, and I'm cer you certainly are that. Do you, do you ever feel that about yourself, being, having served at that time? You know what? I really do. I, I do. Back in the 70s, um, I was the very last part of the Women's Army Corps, which mm. just meant that, you know, it wasn't all Army, so we didn't have to mix with the men. We didn't, you know, and, uh, but, but because it was post-Vietnam, nobody, nobody liked any of the military back then. I mean, you know, it was kind of a thankless thing. I didn't know that. I didn't realize it, but, but I mean, you really felt fulfilled in being uh, able to do your job, do it well. And uh, it, it has always been something that I feel is my core, having served active duty military. So having that feeling in mind, do the films a part of the festival, do they, do they gear towards, uh, a very like glowing view of the military or do you guys kind of get into the nitty gritty? Both, yeah, you know, yeah. there's both, yeah. There's some things that you just, you know, cringe and then there's some really awesome things when when someone's a, a hero and just a lot of stuff. There's a lot, a gamut of feelings and, you know, emotional feelings. And you remember stuff from back, way back when. I mean, I, I was thinking this morning, I was remembering about some of the silly stuff we did in basic training, which was just awesome. I think back now, like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, it was really, uh, I enjoyed every minute of my military and I never had any problems with any harassment or anything like that. I mean, it just was a, a very positive experience. That's great. Yeah, uh, like Keisha, over the, this year, the films that were selected, uh, can you talk to us a bit about a few of them? Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the ones that we filmed on, that we showed on opening night uh, was Dear Sirs. And so it is about a grandson who did not know uh, about his grandfather's time in service. He knew that he served during World War II, but he didn't know that he was a prisoner of war. Mm -hmm. After he passed away, they found a number of um, items uh, throughout the home and they found out what track he went through throughout Germany and where the camps that he actually stopped at. And through that, you know, he learned who his grandfather was during that time. And he learned who his friends were. And he actually decided to take, you know, a bike with him and his wife and go to each and every one of those camps. And he did it through film the entire time, um, walking through how it must have felt using letters that he had found from his grandfather to his grandmother. So that's just, you know, one of the, you know, deep, but yet, very heartfelt and you like Jenny said you know one of those things that you're super proud of like she, he was never very proud of what his grandfather went through when he was you know with him because mm -hmm. uh, he didn't know and Dear Sirs is definitely you know a film that you know could touch everyone and give everyone kind of like an insight of like maybe you never know what your family member went through like my grandfather was in World War II and as I was watching it I was like I need to dig a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So those are like exciting films, you know, for, like, for myself, you know, as a veteran and having uh, a grandfather that served that far back, you know, he's not here to tell the story now, but maybe I should dig a little bit further. Keisha, yeah, that, uh, that's an incredible piece of family history that also was very much trailblazing. Uh, what did it mean to you that, that he served during that time? It was a very different military. Um, you know, he was a part of uh, probably a segregated uh, division in World War II. Um, 
how do you see your service coming uh, as, as the military modernizes as a touch? So Sean, funny enough, my grandfather always told me, you can do anything, but don't you join that, join that military. <laughs> 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 and it, it was because of those hardships that he went through, you know, mm-hmm. um, he passed away when I was 14 and I joined the Marine Corps when I was 19. And um, as I was doing it, it was like, please forgive me, please forgive me. I'm doing this for you, please forgive me. Um, but the things that you know I went through in the military are very different from his experience. And you know, um, I'm very proud of my time in service. I'm very proud of every single moment, even the hard ones, because it's things that I never thought that I was going to be able to accomplish. I wouldn't have never thought in a million years. Um, so I've also been able to, you know, work with other nonprofits to help those that served in World War II become recognized for their service. Um, and that has been a big part of my life. And it's because of my grandfather. Certainly. Um, can you tell us a bit about your, your nonprofit, Workshops for Warriors? Yeah, so Workshops for Warriors is a nonprofit that trains, certifies, and places veterans and transitioning service members in advanced manufacturing careers. Uh, So we're focused on CNC machining and welding. And really, the importance of Workshops for Warriors is a lot of times our, what we did in the military does not transition well when you go into the civilian world, or maybe you don't know what you wanna do. And so Workshops for Warriors is a four month program that you know has trained by veterans, started by a veteran, and it's helping them you know, use that same camaraderie to hopefully find their next mission in the civilian world. And in manufacturing right now, there's about 2.4 million jobs that are going to go unfilled in the next decade. Um, average starting salaries of about 60k a year. So it is a great avenue for a lot of these young veterans to come through our program, uh, retrain, and find their next purpose. Do you find that being sort of a theme of the GI Film Festival is finding purpose? Uh, you know, I, I went through, watched all the trailers that you can view on the, the GI Film Festival website uh, for all the films that are presented this year. And I do find it's like finding purpose or finding themselves or um, healing. There's a lot of different themes that I noticed throughout. Yes, I will say healing was a big one for me this year going through. Um, I've been out for a number of years and it was just great to see people show their stories and raw emotions. I'm very thankful for all the filmmakers, um, especially my veteran filmmakers. Um, I'm not creative, right? But Jeannie, great. You're wonderful. You're a great filmmaker. I'm sure you are. Just being able to see, you know, a woman, the veteran like Janie, you know, create an awesome film, uh, being able to celebrate I'm not alone, um, being able to sit next to a civilian in the same theater and say, you know, if you have questions, I'm happy to ask if I know, or maybe I can connect you with someone else. It's just a great place overall. Mm-hmm. Great. Janie, how do you, you've been a part of the festival for so long, how have you seen it evolve? Well, um, it was a lot smaller at, at the beginning. Um, we had uh, less uh, filmmakers arrive and less films shown. But um, and then, but the parties have always been fantastic. You know, the the different um, functions, social functions, and uh, have always been great. So it it has come. It's come a ways. It's a really nice festival now, I, you know, and I can compare it honestly because I've been to a, not with this film, but with other films, a ton of festivals. So it's really it's a good one. 
a part of every film festival, there's always sort of the awards presentation. Um, it, it, I would imagine that it's, it's, it's rewarding enough to be selected to be a part of the festival. Uh, what type of awards are, are presented at the GI Film Festival? Um, just all kinds. Uh, the two categories that we were nominated in are for local filmmakers. Mm. So uh, there's the, you know, uh, jury, local filmmaker, and then um, another local filmmaker. But there's best, um, there's just, you know, I'm sorry, you'll have to look it up. But the, I only paid attention to ours because, you know, we were nominated. You know, Keisha, you know which ones. That, that you know, I don't know all of them off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, but. Is there like yeah, best yeah. actor, best, like just sort of an idea yeah. of like best, there's best local film, best drama, best documentary, things like that? Yes, correct. Just best like feature, that. best short. Yeah, best, you know, yeah. And uh, there were, so, there were 26. Anyway, fingers crossed it's on Saturday. So not oh, I'm Saturday. sure it's like sweating bullets, yeah. but there were 26 films selected this year, 12 narrative stories, 14 documentaries, but that's not all of them that were submitted. How, how did you whittle down to 26? So we have a wonderful part of our committee um, that has hours and hours of films to watch. Uh, so they watched them independently and then come together as a committee to vote on which category they believe would be the best for that film. And then they vote. Um, and they, it's months worth of, months worth of work. Uh, they work extremely hard and they're extremely dedicated to the film festival. If you were to say there's, there's probably one um, veteran topic that is probably as most needs to be addressed um, by, by civilians, um, what would you say that would be? Because I know there are a lot of documentaries here that may touch on like PTSD, um, you know, military sexual trauma, things like that, that, that you hope this film might be able to, to help shed a light on? You know, for me, I think mental health awareness as a whole mm -hmm. um, would be one that I would love for everyone, not just the civilian community, but also, you know, the veterans and active duty community. Um, I've known a lot of service members that I've served with, myself included, that have gone through things and not know what you're going through. And the more you're educated on something, the more aware you are. And if you have support from all areas, that's really how we're going to move forward. If you have um, the right resources, the right support groups. So if there is one area I would have to choose, mental health would just be the one. Jeannie? Yeah, oh, I agree 100%. Yeah, there's a, um, and then there, there's also uh, some films that uh, people work really hard as nonprofits to do tributes to veterans, which I found was really awesome to see um, some of the films there. I've seen a couple of them uh, myself uh, because uh, I was selected on the committee to do some judging, but it was not in our category. It was for the short documentaries. And I find it so hard. Every short documentary was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's very touching. You touched on the parties. Uh, when are the parties? How are the parties set up? I, I, I'd love to hear about a good party. Well, this year is different because this year, like sometimes it's been a, a bunch of different venues, but this year it's at uh, Museum of Photographic Arts only. So uh, opening night, we had a nice big reception with delicious food and uh, no host bar. No, it was host bar, hosted bar. And yeah, it was really nice. The, the food's nice and the, the, uh, the party for the closing is going to be really good too. Uh, nice award ceremony. Um, and that's the only two that I'm actually going to. I don't know, Keisha, are you going to any others? 
there's sort of official and then unofficial parties, right? <laughs> yeah, right, off to the side. Yeah, we're having a little party um, after our screening. So here's that. <laughs> you know, I think it's just a week of celebration overall. Jeannie mentioned those are the two, um, you know, big focused uh, celebrations that they have. But there really is a celebration after each and every film. And like I said, it's done through the panels and people asking questions and actually just being in the lobby connecting after it that's the best celebration, is that you've connected people um, to those who, one, they might have never met, and two, stories they might have never heard. And you, you get answers mentioned... for questions. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys mentioned education, which, I mean, that's also a part of the festival. This isn't just everyone getting in a room and, and having a good time and then watching film. Um, there's, a, there's a large bit of, there's a panel, uh, there's like filmmaking classes, is that right? Mm -hmm. That is right. So how did that develop and, and how do the filmmakers take part in that? Well, uh, yeah, um, you know, there's always some added benefits for uh, festivals that they can give, bring education in. And so they, they let, they send out a, a e-blast and then they're free uh, classes. So you just sign up and they're over the internet, Zoom classes, and mm -hmm. it gives people, you know, tips on, you might be a brand new filmmaker. So, you know, you like, especially the, this one that there there's going is um, about keeping a low uh, your costs down low being able to produce a film on a small budget which is you know super helpful for for veterans and and for active duty what they're doing is that was that enough <laughs> sorry <laughs> definitely I, well i found it to be one of the more interesting aspects of the festival is that there were these opportunities to engage in educational elements surrounding filmmaking um, so i thought that was a really great idea um, uh, for the festival overall how can people uh, take in these films? Or obviously, there's the in-person in San Diego, uh, but how is there a video on demand option? Yes, so we would love for people to take in the opportunity to be able to do the video on demand at gifilmfestivalfd.org. Um, they will be accessible until Memorial Day. And then after, after Memorial Day, is that it? They're gone. They're 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 gone for that for the GI Film Festival, but they're okay. not gone. <laughs> um, but you, yeah, you, I don't think you'd be able to access them without a specific uh, direction. But the last year, the year before, when it when we couldn't do it in person, that's how all of us watched them, and we did question and answers as well on Zoom. And the the on demand is awesome. It just you know you get to watch it at the time you want to watch it, and uh, you can pause it or you do whatever you need to do like regular tv but it's watching a film that you won't be able to actually find outside it's so nice to have on demand because uh back when uh, we weren't able to meet in person that's how all the filmmakers watched it we watched it on demand we had question and answers on zoom afterward and it really went smooth so it's nice to be able to do it watch it when you want to watch it watch it with the folks you want to watch it and you can make these arrangements and you can pause it you can do it just like you normally do for any other film it's really uh it's a great way to watch them nice um and we talk feature length uh, me coming from sort of my actor background i know that you know it was around like a two-hour film uh but shorts like what are we talking about in length i know that uh, your film um my happy place is about 18 minutes long so what are the range of, of length of films 
Um, short films are under under 60 minutes, uh, but okay. like really a short film, in my opinion, 18 minutes is too long. And we just could not cut any more out of it. I mean, an ideal is a 10 to 15 minute is for a short film. But um, uh, so anything under 60 minutes is considered a short film. And then the features, you know, depending on if it's a documentary subject, they run a little bit longer. But um, normally it's an hour and a half. So 90 minutes to, um, to two hours. Now, I will say that I did get to take in my happy place. Um, uh, before this uh, interview today, I was given a link and I was able to watch it. Uh, it's a beautiful short. Um, and you were able to tell such a, a, an in-depth, engrossing, uh, engaging and emotional roller coaster of a story within those 18 minutes. Um, you know, it, it, I really, really enjoyed watching it. Um, and I was saying before uh, Keisha joined us today that, um, boy, it does. It takes you on that roller coaster. There's surprises in it. There's a, a, a feeling of somewhat of, of broken dreams. Uh, there's 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 a, a change within it that I won't spoil. That I, I think people will really, uh, you know, go on that ride that you're going. Wait, wait, what? What just happened? Um, but. Uh, I love this idea of the father taking his daughter across the country. I have a daughter myself and I'd love to do that someday. So I really connected with this story. I just want to congratulate you on it. Um, Thank you. And I know that you are premiering it tonight, uh, which would be Friday, May 20th. Mm -hmm. What is it like being in the room with everyone who hasn't seen that yet and, and getting that sort of visceral feedback of, of the feeling of what it's like to to experience a film you've never experienced before. Yeah, that's the most exciting part to see a, an audience see your film that and that hasn't seen it. So we sit in the back so that we can, you know, see if there's any motion or any we can hear any comments or or anything like that. So we sit in the back to watch it, and uh, it it means the world to to have someone watch your film and and react to it or appreciate it. It's really, uh, it's it's basically why we do it for sure know that feeling specifically, uh, given the, the actor background in me. Um, but uh, Keisha, can you take us towards what, uh, where does the GI Film Festival go from here? It's been around for a couple of years now. There's two of them, New York and San Diego. Does it grow? What, what are you guys looking to do with it? You know, I think our hopes for the GI Film Festival is just to continue to grow here in San Diego and touch as many as possible using our virtual platform. Um, you know, the pandemic has done so many things to us emotionally, but it has done so many great things when it comes to us using technology. And the GI Film Festival is one of them has taken advantage of that. Uh, so using that video on demand element and, you know, watching things in the comfort of your own home, and hopefully we'll be able to connect more people um, with these great stories and films and celebrate filmmakers in the, you know, the veteran community as a whole. Jeannie, where do you see it going from, from here? I'm, I'm sure this, this isn't your last year submitting something, so. No, I hope not. I hope not. Um, I see it getting larger and having more uh, films come in, possibly more uh, actors, uh, maybe known actors or something like that, but um, I really believe that that they've done such a great job in keeping it together. And the sponsors, it's nice to see like who out there in our community is supporting the veterans and the military. It's really, it, I think it's a good good trade-off for both, both parties. And it's nice, I'd like to see some larger sponsors and maybe, um, you know, something like that. But I, I'm sure it'll go in, in the forward direction. Well, if you're ever looking for an actor. Hey. I got you. Um, <laughs> 
I, I, you know, today is the, the 20th that we're recording this. And in a couple of days, you know, the big military film coming out, Top Gun Maverick is going to release, you know, in cinemas. And that's going to, you know, that's going to take the nation by storm, I'm sure. Um, it's interesting to me because, you know, as a civilian, I may only hear about that. That might be the only military film that I hear about is Top Gun Maverick. Um, and it's, it's a fictional take, obviously. There's a lot of that happens in that film that doesn't happen in real life. Uh, how how different is the film festival? Is it just more grounded in what those real stories are? Where the GI Film Festival is grounded is in the people, mm -hmm. right? I think that what everyone brings something, even when you're in the audience, because you're there, right? Mm -hmm. And you're supporting by being there. You're supporting the community. You're supporting the filmmakers. And I think that's really, you know, the foundation of the GI Film Festival. It's like buying local. It's like, right. you know, get something, you know, the, yeah. um, certainly whenever we hold our in-person breakfast here in Pittsburgh, um, you won't hear any stories like that anywhere else you go. It's, it's, it's really what I think I, I would feel if I was in person there at GI Film Festival is like, I'm going to hear stories here that I can't hear anywhere else. And it's important that these stories be heard and told. Um, and it's, it, it's something that the stories unite us that we always say here at BBC stories unite us and every veteran has a story. Um, so I, I, I really want to thank you both for taking the time to come on the scuttlebutt today. Um, we're going to get this out to our audience. We're going to include links, um, and hopefully they will be able to, to access, uh, all of the video on demand, uh, and check out a lot of the films that are going on and, um, you know, best of luck for my happy place. I'm pulling for you guys. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, of course. And uh, you guys have uh, today and tomorrow, the 21st, uh, before the end of the festival. Um, any, any final thoughts, uh, Keisha, before we, before we uh, end the program today? No, Sean, thank you so much for just taking the time to speak with us. Um, you know, it's supporters like you all that makes GI Film Festival possible and helps us to grow. And Jeannie, filmmakers like you for, you know, putting in the hard work and creating, you know, your film, your short, your documentary, whatever it might be, and submitting that to the GI Film Festival every year keeps it going. So to everyone that would hear this, thank you all so much just for taking the time. Jeannie, you as well. Love for you to have any final thoughts here. Right. Yeah. Thanks. And I would, if I could reach out to the veterans that are telling these stories, I would just thank them from the bottom of my heart because uh, you learn things that you had no idea what's going on and for them to be able to open up and share it and then enlighten people. I, I just thank them and the festival. And Excellent. Well, thank you both so much. And to our audience, um, please like, share, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube. Make sure you visit the GI Film Festival website um, and check out everything they have going on. I hope to have you both on next year for the for the next GI Film Festival. Um, and join virtually uh, to be able to, to view some of the, the films that are going to be happening. Um, love to see where you guys go and how it evolves. Uh, but thank you again. And we'll hopefully talk with you on another episode of The Scuttlebutt. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Thank you for watching this episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'd like to take a moment to thank both of our sponsors, the first being DND Metal Recycling and Auto Salvage. They began as a small hauling and used auto parts operation in the Pittsburgh area in the late 1970s, but they've grown into a full service metal recycling company with two locations, Lawrenceville and Tarentum. 
D&D accepts all types of metal, both ferrous and non-ferrous, that may be generated by industrial manufacturing, construction, and demolition, small commercial entities, as well as individual customers. They have a wide variety of material handling equipment and are capable of managing any type of job in a timely and efficient manner. You can contact them for quotes and availability at D&D. That's D&D Auto Salvage. Dot com. Uh, thank you so much to D&D. Uh, they've been a sponsor for quite some time, and we really appreciate their support. Uh, the second being Tobacco-Free Adagio Health. They are dedicated to reducing and preventing tobacco use and to getting the word out about the hazards of smoking and secondhand smoke. They're all about health. So they want people to quit, and they have classes and nicotine replacement therapy and a popular quit line, which is the easiest number to remember ever, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. They also educate people, children especially, about tobacco use from cigarettes, cigars, pipes, chew snuff, and other nicotine products like vaping. Finally, Tobacco-Free Adagio Health advocates for public and private policies that ensure healthy places to live, work, and play. You can learn all of what Tobacco-Free Adagio Health offers at tobaccofree.adagiohealth.org, or you can watch our recent episode with Tobacco-Free Adagio Health on the Scuttlebutt, uh, where they talk about a lot of the programs that they offer for those who are looking to quit. Thank you to both of our sponsors for their continued support of the Scuttlebutt podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks.